Good afternoon and welcome to the Happy Half Hour. I'm Lee Cuban. And I'm Sandra Priestley. Welcome to our podcast. This is going to be the best half hour. It's going to be like sitting with the two coolest chicks at the bar and just having the most amazing happy half hour. Yes. Happy so, Thursday. And happy Thursday. I today am drinking this peppermint probiotic tea. Oh. It is tasty as hell. What are you drinking? Delicious. It it really is. So I am drinking this cute little thing right here. Got me a little 19 Crimes Frankenstein edition. Oh, it looks so cute. I didn't, I should have got the cork. I didn't even look at the cork because there should be a picture of Frankenstein on the cork. Oh, no. So, but it's a cab Mm -hmm. and I love 19 Crimes. And when I saw there's, you know, some little Halloween characters on their bottles, I had to buy a few. Nice. I love it. Okay. So last week we -hmm. did a hypnotherapy session. We did. And tell me all the things like, how are you feeling? What's going on? I feel. How was it? So much better. So for the record, I years ago when we first moved so you know 15 years ago 15 years ago i recognized in myself that i was worrying about things that had never happened and you know like borrowing trouble basically Mm -hmm. with the law of attraction like you know (laughs) it's not good to worry but i kept i was worrying like it was my damn job and no one was paying you No one was paying me. And I started Googling. I'm not kidding you. I Googled how to quit worrying. And I came upon this website that I cannot find to this day. I have looked so many times, but it was three different types of warriors. And one of the warriors, which was me, was um, it's the person who believes that worrying serves a purpose. Like if they can worry about things and they can kind of plan out all of the options of what could happen, then A, they know that they're going to, like they're practicing for all of these things. Yes. And they know if I can handle the worst case scenario in my mind, I can handle it when it happens. And I'll also know already what to do. Mm -hmm. This is the most fucked up thing ever. And also- But very common. But very common. Um. But it had gotten to be almost like a like an addiction. It is an dopamine. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And so I and and that type, that type of warrior, that third type was the one that was the hardest to change because they believed that there was a purpose, like a really good, healthy purpose for all the pain that they were causing themselves. Mm-hmm. And so Last week, I realized that I'd started this process. And um, so I was so thankful that you could do this hypnotherapy with me. Yay. And I feel so much better. But I got to say, I loved because I've done I, I have a number of friends that are trained in hypnotherapy. And I've done this a number of times. But what I loved about yours 
was that, well, number one, it was like specific to me, Mm -hmm. Um, but also that there was a real focus on the positive. There was a real focus on everything is going to work out. There was a real, it was, it was like Abraham Hicks, like ish, you know, Mm -hmm. and, or happy half hour podcast ish. (laughs) that kind of vibe and then um I also loved that you talked about my thoughts being like a train like a thought train Mm -hmm. and that I had given it too much fuel and it just felt so visceral to me yeah and when you said because I could visualize myself being on this dang train it was speeding yeah out of control (laughs) I had out of control thoughts. And then you said to, to my side was this big, huge um, break. And I can visualize this big, long stick. Yeah. Me just like pulling back on it. And at that, and the train stops and you said, anytime I can say stop, my thoughts stop. Like, and it, it stops that pattern. And I've done this before, not with the train though. I had just thought, nope, not going there today. Or nope, not today, motherfucker. Like I have literally said those two things to myself. I've been, and one of the things that I um, coach on is feeling the feelings, but not allowing your thoughts to feed them. Yes. feel, I can handle the emotion. I can feel whatever pain or, or fear I'm going through, but what keeps it there is when I feed it with the thoughts. And so I have done that. I've been laying on the couch, you know, crying about uh, a health issue that I was worried about and thought, nope, like every time a thought came to my mind. I went, nope, not today, motherfucker. Nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. But when I did the hypnosis and when I listened to the recordings of it every day, it has a, a different, a different um power to it, mm-hmm. I find. Yeah. When I have the visualization of me hauling my <laughs> hauling this break back and yelling stop in my mind. Yeah. So I don't always think about that when I'm, you know, out and about and my brain starts to go, but I think the more often that we can come up with or use some type of that mechanism to stop this self-inflicted fucking pain. Well, and it's, it is all self-inflicted. It is. You're not these victims that we think we are. And when we can just stop any story and go, I don't know that that's true. Or I don't know what's going to happen or why am I going to go making up stories about what the doctor's going to tell me when I go in? I don't exactly. know. And, and I often, like I found myself um, in the last week, I found myself really sitting and thinking, okay, my emotions were not good an hour ago. 
And right now I feel fabulous. Mm-hmm. What has changed? Nothing. No. My scenario had not changed. The facts had not changed. My mind was fucked up in one and not in the other. Yeah. Like it was it was only my thoughts and my emotions mm-hmm. and my fear and my worry. Yeah. And the stories that I was telling myself, that is the only thing that changed. Yeah. But the facts of the situation did not change. So it was really, really interesting to recognize that in myself. Not that I, this is not, not that I didn't know this before, right? Mm-hmm. This but is you what I, I coach on this. Yeah. But I feel like it's been a while since I really felt this this, this level of emotion probably. Mm-hmm. And so it was such a blessing because it reminded me where I was when I started this journey. Uh, right. And, yeah. and it reminded me where my clients are mm-hmm. when they come to me, it was, I, I've recognized it as such a blessing because sometimes we forget, or it's not as it's, you know, when we can, we can know how we were years ago, Mm -hmm. but sometimes when we feel that feeling again, it's massively powerful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was such an amazing gift, but I'm, (laughs) I'm thankful that I can pull the e-brake. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. And you'll find yourself doing it more and more often when things mm. pop up, because you can feel that emotion kind of coming up in you. Yes. And you get to a point where it starts to come up and you feel the sensation and yeah. you can go, not nope. today, motherfucker. Stop. Yeah. And it just, it's like, it turns around and leaves. Mm-hmm. It is an interesting sensation and a powerful well, one. It is a powerful one. And I, I mean, the same thing had happened to me. I'm sure that I talked about this on the podcast when I was delivering without like delivering my kids without an epidural. And the nurse said to me, don't lose it because if you lose it, you won't get it back. But when you start to feel the pain and you start to feel that fear, like almost cap it. And that is exactly how it feels when I pull that e-brake and go, nope, stop. I'm not allowing it to rise to the point where I've lost control and Mm -hmm. it's taking on an energy of its own. Because at that point it gets so big. Right. And then it's not just the story that we're telling, but it's everybody around, like then everything is wrong. Nothing is right in your world. And it's bullshit. Exactly. It exactly. is. And, and we miss out on a day or a week or a month, you mm-hmm. know, people get stuck in these cycles and, yeah. you know, it starts off as just a bad mood. And Joe yeah. just spins a, he kind of describes it like, you know, you've got it. You have a bad day. You're in a bad mood. And somebody says, what's up with her? Oh, she's just in a bad mood. And, and then you stay there because you keep regurgitating the same things then it's a bad week and a bad month. And then all of a sudden that's your personality. Then you're 70 years old, bitching about everything, whining about life. 
not showing up every day and no one wants to be around you because you're miserable. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The other thing that I did, I've got to say, is that I've really been in the, in the past pretty crappy with boundaries. And I'm, I really have focused more on my energetic boundaries, physical boundaries, I, like, you know, who I'm spending time with. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did was I was noticing that friends of mine or a friend of mine, she was in this place where she was trying to help. But what was happening was it was triggering my fear mechanism. It was, it was triggering the thoughts. And so one of the things that I said is, you know, I just got to tell you, I can't manage this type of conversation in this moment right now. When you say, how are you doing? <laughs> it makes me like it, it trips my fear or it yes. trips, right? And so she said, I'm so thankful that you told me. I had no idea. Thank you so much. And it made me think about how often we don't have those difficult conversations mm -hmm. and we just suck yeah. it up or we just separate ourselves out from that person then that person has no fucking idea what they're doing yeah no idea why you're not speaking as much so like it, it made me think about how often we just don't step into those difficult conversations maybe you know yeah guilty um, yeah like guilty just don't be have those honest conversations because you're trying to not hurt someone. We yeah. hurt ourselves, you know, by doing this or the other person doesn't have a clue. And I just thought, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I mean, you know, being a parole officer, I had a lot of difficult conversations. And so I feel like, I don't know, confrontation. I'm always, you know, people use the word confrontation, but I don't think it's a bad thing at all. No, not if it's it, done right. It, just communication. Yeah. And that many people don't communicate and are upset by something, but don't say anything. And it just is like poison. It's interesting you bring that up because that that is one of my weaknesses. I hate confrontation. Oh. So when now if it's Paul, I'm gonna <laughs> tell him. Or Paul. But, <laughs> It's because I know that he loves me and that mm. he'll hear me. He might get annoyed with me or even mad at me. Yeah. But he's not going to withhold love from me. Right. Because I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, right. or whatever. Like he, so I'm, it's, he's safe. But with people I do not feel safe with, they begin to, to kind of pull me down that yeah rabbit hole of shit rather than have a argument with him mm -hmm. i tend to just i'm polite but i step away and that is one thing that i would like to work on that is one thing there are people that i'm very superficial with get right. get together with them and mm -hmm. i'll talk about what's going on with me I don't 
but I don't, I don't share the exciting stuff either. Right. It, it, and we, but we have different levels of friendships and different yeah. like acquaintances and things. Right. But I feel like, well, it's interesting. Um, our contractor was here putting in our new cupboards. Woohoo! Yes. They look amazing. <gasps> and so he was deciding where, or we were deciding, I was deciding where I wanted our handles to go. So I said, well, you know, we were just kind of discussing and I said, I think I'm going to go with the handles a little bit up because they're long, tall, very tall cupboards. Mm. And so I'm going to have them a little bit up. And I said, and hopefully no one judges where my handles are. And I said, instantly I said, but you know what? If they judge where I put my handles, they don't deserve to be in my fucking house. Mm -hmm. And he burst out laughing, but I mean it. Yeah. if you're going to judge my handles, get the fuck out. Right. And I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> right. But I did feel um, like I do feel very much like that. And maybe in our fifties, we get to that place where it's just like, if I don't feel safe with you, I can be your acquaintance. Yeah. I'm not safe enough to have a conversation with grace have a conversation and say, you know what? I just got to say, I know you're trying to do the best. I know you're trying to help, but for some reason I can't manage this type of conversation because it, it triggers, it triggers me mm -hmm. into fear. Mm -hmm. So for now, I'm hoping that we can just kind of have a different conversation. That is exactly how I said it to her. And she and I, and she said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'm so thankful that you told me. Mm -hmm. And like, and we have open conversation about it now. Yeah. And I'll say, well, I'm good today. Like, yeah. you know, and that's the beauty of stepping out and having a tough conversation like that. Cause it can uh, go that way. It can go that way. And, and I could be missing out. You are something. I'm doing it. Because it is the most enriching awareness, it is so good for your friendships. Mm -hmm. I really feel like this. And I mean, you know, you know, even I guess I'm also very, very willing to accept that same uh, critique back. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I said oh, yeah. something and you came to me and said, well, I would take it all. You're like, hello, you are fucking me up, girl. Like, I would go, shit, what did I do? Okay, let's fix this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. I'm pretty-, pretty But no, if it were you, I would totally say something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but we're so, very huh? We're very safe. And we both have hit that um, vulnerability level. Yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Where when you can be vulnerable with someone, you can be vulnerable in that boundary. Yeah. So yeah. I love us so much. This is I like know. Well, number two podcast in a row where we are like expressing how much I we know. Yes. But anyway, I want to hear about yes. your Oh, it was amazing. I got up at two in the morning on a Saturday, flew out. 
got to Dallas, flew to Dallas and then to Florida. They don't have direct flights to Pensacola from Austin. So oh. I was there by 10 30, 10 45, something like that Saturday morning. So we've got the whole day. So Logan, Mona and Maria are there at the airport and they're pulled up front. And they're waiting on me and Maria must've been so excited to see you. Yes, it was, oh, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> Pull up, get in the car and Maria's just like, what the hell? <laughs> it was like, she was kind of stunned. We went back to their house and I put my luggage up, got my swimsuit on and we went to the beach, played in the water. And it was the best time. Maria is like a water baby or a beach baby she loves it went through a dead jellyfish on her and she yelled at him <laughs> but we went to dinner then we went back to the house take a nap before the movie so anyway it was just this perfect night went to the movies came back stayed up till about midnight chit-chatting and the next day I had to be at the airport at 10 30 to come home you went for one day I went for one day Oh my gosh. I mean, the whole, the whole purpose of this trip was to take him to see a movie. Go to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a beach trip in there too. So that was a bonus, but anyway, get to the airport, got through security walking, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to be home tonight. Like, like three 30, I'll be home, be able to get ready for my week. Get an email. Your flight's been delayed. Oh, fuck. So I get to the gate. Well, it's like a 30 minute delay. Okay. 30 minutes, whatever. Not bad. Not bad. Well, then it turns into an hour. And by hour eight, <gasps> where I cannot get another flight anywhere else and get home, I can get to another airport but I can't get back to Austin. <laughs> and I'm like, well, fuck, I could have been at the beach all day with my grandbaby. Yeah. And I found myself getting annoyed and wanting to be angry. Mm -hmm. And it was that stop button going, do mm -hmm. you really want to go down that road? Right. Nope. So I would calm myself down and then I would meet, a nice person. I met so many people at that airport. I mean, hell, I was there for 24 hours. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. I did go to a hotel and sleep that night. But it was interesting because I wanted to call Paul and have a complete meltdown. Mm. And then I thought, but do you? Right. Is that going to help you get home? Is that going to help this day be better? It was so interesting the mind chatter that yeah. I was having and also realizing the way I would have reacted in the past. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there was a piece of me that felt like I could have crawled into the fetal position and cried. Yeah. But then there was another part that was like, that's a little dramatically. Yeah. And so I get a voucher for the hotel. I go check in perfect timing because I was on the phone with an agent while everyone else was in a line. 
So I'm getting my flights rebooked for the next day. I'm getting my vouchers emailed to me. I, they're telling me, go downstairs, go to, to where you checked in your luggage, let them know you need to pick up your bags and they'll go get them for you. Oh, nice. So I got my bag. I walk across the street to the hotel. There's one lady in front of me. She, they're checking her in. Then I get checked in. And when I turn around with my key to go to my room, there is a line out the door as far as I can see. Now, that wasn't very far, but there were probably 20 people behind. Wow. And I thought, well, isn't that something? Right. Isn't that something? And, and had you and had you stopped, called Paul and spent the time wasted you would have been at the back of the line and you would have waited for, let's face it, it's those 20 people aren't going to make it through in one minute each. Well, and once they're out of rooms, they're yeah. out of rooms. The voucher yeah. is not cash. So you can't just take this voucher and go to another hotel. Like you're out of luck. Oh my gosh. So it was just like, hmm. And then I called Mona and said, okay, my flight has been rescheduled for tomorrow morning. I've got a hotel room. She's like, you can come stay with us. And I'm like, no, I'm going to have to be up at 2 a.m. I don't want to disrupt your morning. And you're like, it's just too much. I said, but the hotel has a pool. Oh. So she came over with Maria. Logan was studying. He had a final on Monday. And we got to go swimming one last time. Nice. And then they left. I went back to the room, talked to Paul for a bit, got up in the morning, got ready, got to the airport. Flight was delayed again. I felt oh. like I was on Groundhog Day. Yeah. Well, the guys, they weren't security, but they helped people in the airport with different things. And they were harassing me because this was a whole different flight to a different city. So I'm going around a different way. And they're like, you know what, lady? You know what it looks like to me? It looks like you are the common denominator here. Any flight <laughs> you get it on gets delayed. Yeah. And so that, that one kept getting delayed. So I called them again and they got me on another flight that was okay. leaving like in an hour. Okay. And when I walk over there to check in, they're over there going, don't let her on your flight. She's going to get your flight delayed. <laughs> and they were just teasing, but it made my heart feel good because- they were harassing me, but it was lovingly. Um, and funny enough, this this flight got delayed too, but it finally took off. And I got home and I looked back at everything that had happened and how I could have interpreted it so differently had I told a different story. Mm -hmm. And had I, I got angry and frustrated, but had I vented it and right. told all of the nice people I met at the airport, how angry I was and how wrong this was and how this is fucking up my day and start the, off my week wrong and blah, blah, blah. The experience would have been so different. Right. Exactly. And now I have a memory of getting an extra swim time in with my granddaughter. I met yeah. some lovely, lovely people at the airport that I don't know their names, but we shared stories and it was a connection. Mm -hmm. And then I got to come home 
to my family and everything was fine. And if we can approach the shit that pops up in our day when life happens as it will, that way it changes everything. And I feel as though listening to the thoughts, the mind chatter, like you said, as an observer and not as that being truth. Yes. It's an interpretation. Yeah. And so, you know, being, I don't know, I think that awareness is like the basis of everything. So being aware of, okay, this is interesting. My brain, not me, my brain is thinking this, Mm -hmm. my body is feeling this and I don't have to, Mm -mm. I can choose to just pull the e-brake and go, no, we're not doing this because it's not serving me well. Mm -mm. And so what do I want? What do I, what do I desire? Yeah. Do I want to have happen? And where are, where are the, where's the good in this? Where is the possible best case scenario? What do I want to have happen? Where are the glitches? I heard this the other day. You know, we often talk about triggers, but there's a, like, there's a new thing. I don't know if it's new. I don't know. But anyway, someone somewhere out there um, is talking about the glimmers. Like, where are the glimmers of hope, the glimmers of the amazingness, right? And so if we can focus on the glimmers. Yeah. What an amazing way. It's a whole different experience. Yeah. And a lot of times our reaction to things like that are just our reactions from the past. This is how we've reacted before. And, mm-hmm. and once we realize, oh, I don't do that anymore. I don't need to freak out about that anymore. We can walk away from it. Exactly. And you know what? Okay, this is like the craziest thing. But before we got on this podcast, I listened to this or I read this quote that I had written down at like three o'clock in the morning. I was listening to Abraham Hicks because I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham said, our nervous system will almost always choose an unfamiliar hell over, sorry, a familiar hell over an unfamiliar heaven. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's the thing is our nervous system will choose it, but we can override that. Can. Yeah. And we so need to. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was Abraham Hicks. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> very Abraham-ish. It does. And right. on that note, we're out of time. We are out of time. All right. Perfect way to end on this an Abraham fun. note. I agree. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sandra. This was good. And I'm so happy to hear that you're listening to your, your session every day. We'll have mm-hmm. to do another one. We will. Mm-hmm. I love it. So mm-hmm. have a great week. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next Thursday on the Happy Half Hour. Bye. Bye.